Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You learned so much about your teammates in the break, Smalls. What did we learn? I, I just learned that Evan is it's cutthroat. No, is, no, no, Evan no, 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 that's not it. Evan no, I'm not. He, if he was a general manager, whoo. No, okay. As a player, you ain't. You gonna know where you stand at all times. No, and you might not like it. It's uh-huh. not. It's not that. That well, is what it is. Okay, so basically, let's give some context. Yes, here. please do. So we are excited that the NBA is back. Yes, right? we all love the NBA. We're gonna get Smalls to adopt a team here. Um, Greeny, who is it? No, Legs told us the other day that you should be a Warriors fan yes. because they're like they're the most visually pleasing team to watch. They pass the ball. They just Steph Curry's awesome to they're watch. They're easy on the eye. Yeah, exactly right. They're yeah. like basically they're a soccer team. Seriously, they they just move the ball. Perpetual hit, motion. It's fun. Hit it's, the open yeah, man or woman, yeah. whatever it is. Like that's why I love actually watching the WNBA because it's all about ball movement and hitting the right person that that's open, making the right basketball play. Exactly yeah. right. So anyway, so CC was watching a clip about uh, from last night on NBA Countdown uh, with Bob Myers, who's now a part of the the Countdown crew, who did a great job his first time out. That was awesome with Malika Andrews, who's awesome, and Stephen Mike, A. Mike Wilbon, Wilbon. I yeah, mean, just great. an awesome crew of people, right? And so they're talking about this situation now with James Harden and how James Harden, like the conversations back and forth between general manager and player. And they brought up the old situation that happened in Toronto where Masai Ujiri, who runs the, the Raptors, basically, I don't know how to say this other than misled maybe DeMar DeRozan before the trade um, to the, the Spurs for Kawhi Leonard. And I said to CeCe, I had a big issue with Masai Ujiri on that. And he said, why? Because he traded him? I said, no, because why would you ever tell a player you're not going to trade them? That if I, I said if I were a general manager, one of two things that would be said. I would say to them, I have no idea. I don't know what offer I'm going to get. I could get any offer at any time. I'm not going to tell you if I'm going to trade you or not. Or if a, tra- if a player was potentially in trade conversations, I may say to them, yeah, everybody's calling about you. We are trying to upgrade our team. You, like anyone else, could be, up- could be traded for someone else and we could try to upgrade. And, and I applaud your character and your honesty, but that's not the job. You know what the job is? Making sure your head coach feels empowered, making sure the leaders on your team and in your locker room feel empowered. And if you don't answer direct questions about a player's future, then that player's left in limbo. And he's wondering whether or not there's going to be a commitment. And when you can't have a guy be the best version of himself – when it feels like the team has got one foot in and one foot out. It just doesn't work like so that. So can we play this out then? Can we act this out? So how would, it, how would it work? So you're a player. You're coming to me. I'm I'm acting how I think I should yeah. act as a general manager. So you're the player. Trade rumors about you. Yeah, what's going on with my future? I, I want to know whether or not I'm going to be here. My family's here. What's up? Obviously, we like you enough to have you here. You've done X, Y, and Z this year. We would love you to do a little bit more. But i got to be honest, Chris. You, like anyone else on the 53-man roster, if I can upgrade, that's my job to upgrade. I hate to say it. It's cold. It's nasty. I understand that. But my job is to get this team better. And if you, who produced – I'm making up numbers – 10 sacks 
I can trade you for someone that is on a better contract for us that produces 15 sacks? That's my job to consider that. No, I understand your job, but what about my family? What about how your decisions impact what's going on in my world? Not just as a player, but as a person. Yeah, and this is the hard part of the business. Because I understand when I trade you, I'm not only trading you. I'm trading your wife, and I'm trading your kids, and I'm trading everybody around you. That it's not just one person. I can't factor that in, though, when I'm trying to upgrade a team. My job is to upgrade the team and to upgrade the personnel. And unfortunately, there's real-life stuff that factors into it. But I cannot allow that to factor into my decision-making for my team. Okay, but don't ask me to lay it on the line for an organization that's not fully committed to me and my future as a football player or as an athlete in general. So Are you that's asking out? Is that what you're doing? Well, you apparently, well I, I want the commitment. So what are we going to do? Are you going to pay me or are you going to move me to my preferred destination? Because that's where we're at right now. You've essentially given me an ultimatum by saying that you're unwilling to commit to my future here with this organization. You are under contract for the remainder of the season, and that is our commitment at this specific time. If you do not want to be here, that is up to you. We would like you here for the rest of the season. And that's how it is on the contract on paper, but how that plays out in the locker room, how that plays out in sport, when you're on the field or you're on the court, is a different thing altogether. Those are the types of things that upset the chemistry of the team, and that's why the Philadelphia 76ers – are keeping James Harden at arm's length from what they got going on right now with Embiid, Maxie, and the rest of the crew. Because if you have somebody with that level of toxicity that's prioritizing their own interests over the team's overall success, then all of a sudden the team is not going to realize the expectations that they have on the season coming in. As I was listening to that scene play out, and scene, by the way, it's over. Uh, Great job by you guys, really committed to your roles. As I'm watching that play out, listening to it play out, I'm thinking – how mad I would be if I was the head coach because it's my job to extract the best out of you to make you believe that we're all in this together. I know this is taking a toll on you physically, mentally, and you're having to listen to all this noise externally about your future. You're on social media. You hear it from the fans. And it's my job to make sure that you're right mentally and that you're committed to this process. And if you think that this guy's going to move you, how is that going to disrupt that chemistry? Exactly, Smalls. And I guess that's the point that I'm trying to allude to, right? Think about how hard it was for Ev to talk to me right then. Think about how hard the conversation is from the player side of it. Then think about the position that puts the head coach in. Isn't it just easier to tell a sports lie and say, no, we're committed to you. You're going to be here. You're a part of our short-term and long-term future. All of a sudden, all of the questions go away. All of the speculation around the media, that all goes away. There are no more conversations. It's essentially stonewalling and keeping the main thing the main thing, which is trying to win the next game. That's why sports lies exist. Every player, every coach understands the game. They know that you're here for a good time, not a long time. We all get that. We all know that we're just one day closer to them asking us to leave. But the part that gets a little bit dicey is when that's put on front street with speculation that runs rampant without the front office stepping in to interject and to try to squash it. So I guess that's the part that makes it uncomfortable, but that's not what's going on with the Sixers. Right now with James Harden, the position that he's put Daryl Morey and that team in, it's untenable. And I'm not saying that they got to trade James Harden anytime soon, but the last thing they can do is let James Harden be around this team. So I'm uncomfortable in the role play with the idea of that, as as me, the person, Evan in this case, yeah. in the role play of the GM that, that basically you're saying from personal experience, you're almost encouraging, to use your terminology, the sports lie. Yes. You brought up something else. How does that make the head coach feel? That actually gets, in my opinion, to the core of what's wrong if we're going to be specific and not big picture with the Sixers situation, is that you skipped steps of management. 
Daryl Morey's personal relationship was too strong with James Harden because it was all about the two of them that it got so serious together that I, I think there's an argument to be made that the general manager should never talk to the players, that that's the head coach's job. And that the general, I'm saying there's an argument around it. Well, what about the, the relationship in which Maury had with Harden and how direct they were with each other and how much they probably communicated with each other over the time in Houston? And now, I mean, he was waiting at the tarmac for him. Yeah. He was, honey, you're home kind of thing, right? And I think that's part of the issue here is that the head coach could never fully have the relationship that maybe they were supposed to because it was always skipping a management step. This ain't draft day with Kevin Costner <laughs> where you're not talking to the players no more. That don't exist, I, I know, man. but I think there's an no, argument around no, no, that. No, 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 no. That's not how sports are because that's not how today's athlete is. This generation Good athlete movie. I don't care what wants, to, says. wants to be involved. They want to be a part of the process in terms of making the team what it should be. Which is why Bob Myers, who is the architect of the the modern dynasty in the NBA, which is the Golden State Warriors, he's the one that said, yeah, I'm at the bottom of the organization and Steph Curry is at the top. Like, I, I, my role is to serve him and get him whatever he needs. So if Steph Curry's not happy, whatever else I do doesn't matter. Yep. And, and that's what you do. That's how you acquiesce if you're a general manager or if you're a team president when it comes to the star player. The problem with James Harden is he's no longer a star player, and he's the last one to know it. And it shouldn't be because he pulled a no-show in five of the seven games in the Eastern Conference semis. And therein lies the problem. Everybody around the NBA knows that he's not the same player. He wasn't going to get the value he was looking for in a long-term contract, which is what he, why he, he exercised his player option for $35 million. He thought that there would be enough of a trade market where he could go somewhere and get max money on a multi-year deal as opposed to having to come back and play for $35 million in Philadelphia. Guess what, James Harden? That ain't going to work. That's not who you are anymore, and this doesn't put you any closer to realizing your objective of getting a, a bag long-term. It doesn't. Him not deciding to be a good teammate, him deciding to make a stink, only puts everybody else around the NBA on notice that this guy can disrupt whatever you're trying to put together. He can disrupt a team that has championship aspirations if he doesn't get everything he wants. The juice ain't worth the squeeze no more when it comes to Harden. Acquiescing to Steph Curry is much easier in comparison, and that is the best thing for your organization, right? To make sure that he is taken care of and that you have a great relationship. Acquiescing to James Harden isn't necessarily the best thing for your organization, and I think that that's the difference. It's clear. (laughs) Clear and obvious. Steph Curry is the culture. Kerr says it. Myers has said it. I'm sure Dunleavy now who runs the team says it. I have a weird prediction about this with Harden. This, in my head, finishes in a place that we don't expect. I don't know where the place is, right? I don't have, I'm presenting a problem without the solution. I understand that. Egg on my face on that one. But you know how Dame's whole situation ended in a place that we didn't expect? Like, we didn't see Milwaukee as potentially an yeah. option yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Don't you feel like, okay, the Clippers, Woj reported yesterday, the Clippers are kind of out on this for right now, which is interesting because the reason you get Harden is to get you through the regular season. You don't actually want him for later. You Now is actually the time you want him to get you through the first 50 games of the season when everybody wants to ramp up. He's good to go. He'll play. I feel like he's going to end up on a team that we're going to be like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. I don't mind James Harden as a third star. As long as he's not one of your top two players, I think you're fine. The Sixers got in trouble when they relied on James Harden to be their second star. Tyrese Maxey wasn't quite ready to go, and that's not to disparage Maxey. He's 22 years old, right? right? He's got time to develop. But is that time 
going to line up with Joel Embiid being in the heart of his prime? And that's the question that the Sixers have to answer. But beyond that, I think they've got to figure out what they're going to do with Harden. I I, I don't think it's a, a situation where they can hang on to him until the end of the year, pay him, and, and let him go away. I think it's a situation where they have to try to look for other role players that they can fill in in the margins. But one thing has become clear and obvious. You're not getting another star for James Harden at this point in his career. So if Daryl Morey is waiting on a trade that's going to yield him another star player in return, that ain't going to happen. The best you can hope for is multiple role players that can provide you depth and that are on contracts that are expiring or near expiring so you can move them around. Because cap space is your friend in terms of being able to lay the groundwork and a plan in place for Joel Embiid to see that this team has a path to winning a championship in the next few years. A.K.A. Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, and other Clippers that have been mentioned. There you, there you go. Now, again, you go. the Clippers allegedly for now, or reportedly, not allegedly, Woj reported for now, are kind of out on this, and Woj made it clear that doesn't mean that they can't jump back in. Don't take point. back any huge salaries on multi-year yeah, deals. Agreed. No. Uh, this is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with... Patron. Coming up, is tonight a must-win for the Buffalo Bills? We'll do a little round of can he or can't he around Thursday Night Football next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast. Featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Can he? Can he? Oh, oh can't he? This is not hard-hitting analysis. It's not that. Can he or can't he? That is the question. Yes! Time now for Kenny or Kenny, unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio with tonight's Thursday night game between Tampa and Buffalo. But uh, very quickly, guys, you know how we have a uh, bad take jar here? Yes. Yeah. $1 for any bad take. Yes. I'm all caught up. We're all caught up in terms of payment, whatever. Yeah. We have a lot of money in there. Uh, CC last week stole one of my takes, used it on first take. And um, get up, and somehow Dan Graziano got credit <laughs> for it. I don't know how that I, happened. That, none of us understand how that happened. Yeah. Anyway, so... Killer Mike, as CC calls him, our producer here in New York at the Seaport, oh, walked yeah. in during the last break and said, hey, did you see the end of first take yesterday? I said, with oh, yeah. Doggy? And I, he said, yeah. He goes, they used your idea. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you brought up the idea on the air of having Dog and the whole retirement thing and the beach chair and everything like that. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I didn't see that part. He goes, yeah, I told the producer that and they thought good idea and they used it. I said, well, did you tell him it was my thought? And he goes, no. <laughs> and I, a, an idea good enough I can't to get you, on first take is a that's pretty awesome. I, I can't believe you missed that though. That was awesome that. Was yesterday. Amazing. He had the first take sunglasses on. It was amazing. 
It was great, but they didn't my think doggy. Of it. I did. I know. I didn't know that it was. Well, what is happening here? Yeah. So does Mike yeah. owe five dollars? He owes five dollars. Yeah. No, Pla- I think plagiarizing first... a take or an idea is five bucks. But doesn't then first take owe money? No, they didn't know that. No, they didn't know that. They didn't know that. That's, that's, that's Killer know. Mike. Killer Mike owes five dollars wow. to, to the bad take jar. Yeah. Okay, five Killer. Dollars. Now yeah. he does Pie provide fence. coffee every day for us. So, but I did buy him. I bought a whole bin of coffee for him. You know what though? It's tricky business messing with the guy that that gets the coffee for us though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I think we might just have to take the charge on that one. I think we might just have to take the charge and, and let him off the hook for that. Should we say it's a warning? No, I don't want to warn the guy that's responsible for getting us our coffee. You know, yeah. that's a that, that could be a bad situation. That could be a bad. I'll pay the fine because I don't want to mess with our coffee in the morning. Well, then he's got to we, know. We do that a morning show. Yeah. Coffee is absolutely critical. It's the fourth member of the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have seven. We have people seven. On, seven well, I mean, on the desk. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's the eighth. It's the eighth. It's the eighth member. Everybody down. No, here's the show. Look, it's right Three of us. Coffee. Then Nuno, Nuno, Pat, Javante. Don't you think Coffee is the number one member of the show? I'm sure Fine. they are slamming Coffee again, just like we are. There we go. The fourth member with seven members. I just exactly. met here on the set. Right All right, here. let's here do a little round of Candy or Candy for let's Thursday Night Football. It. Smalls, kick it. us off. Go ahead. All right, Candy or Candy. Josh Allen over under .5 interceptions versus the Bucks. I'm going to go over on this one. Josh Allen has thrown an interception in each of the last three games, and the Bucks defense is known for takeaways. You saw how opportunistic they were in the red zone against Desmond Ritter last week, uh, forcing three fumbles on him, one of which ended up being a touchback and giving them the ball back at the 20-yard line. So it's a situation where Josh Allen has been a turnover machine. This Bills offense has had multiple giveaways over the last three. I anticipate that continuing on the short week. Next one, Josh Allen over under 262.5 passing yards. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to go over on that one just because the secondary for the Bucks gives up a ton of yards. Now, once they get into the red zone, things get a little bit different. This is the number one ranked red zone defense, but it's easy to move the ball in between the 20s, so I can anticipate seeing Josh Allen and the Bills having a big day throwing the football. All right, let's move it around to some other games. Hey. Uh, Chiefs and Broncos, Patrick Mahomes over under 277.5 passing yards. How could you go under right now? With the way that him and Travis Kelsey got this thing rolling, how could you go with the under? And what you've seen from the Broncos' defense? Exactly. And the one thing that gives me encouragement is Rishi Rice starting to come around. I mean, the little toe-tap swag last week on that touchdown catch that he had in the back of the end zone against the Chargers. I just think he's going to develop as a weapon for Pat Mahomes on the outside. But, yeah, this offense, they're going to move the ball in the air against these people, the Denver Broncos. This defense is close to shipping the cars home. This this team is not a good football (laughs) team, even though they got a win last week. i got to give Pat Costello credit on one thing. He and I were talking about Rasheed Wright's preseason. He was bringing him up as a a guy to keep an eye on. So good job by Pat there. Uh, Garrett Wilson to score a touchdown for the Jets against the Giants, plus 205. where are you going? Over and under. Well, that's not really an over and under. Can he score a touchdown this weekend? No. I'm going to say he's not going to score a touchdown. And the reason why is Mick, Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, ain't going to let him beat him. I was with Wink in Baltimore when he was uh, the linebackers coach and then the defensive coordinator. There is no world in which Wink Martindale is going to let number 17 get behind that Giants defense. It's just not going to happen. It's going to have to be the others. It's going to have to be Tyler Conklin. It's going to have to be Alan Lazard. He is not going to let Garrett Wilson beat him. All right, next one here. I was on in Jacksonville yesterday. Shout out to ESPN 690 in Jacksonville. Let's uh, let's bring this one up. Trevor Lawrence over under touchdown passes one and a half against the Steelers. 
I'm going under on that one. Oh, God. I'm going under on that one. Why are you hating on Trevor I'm not hating on T-Law as much as I'm loving what's going on with this defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now I get it. They've allowed nine passing touchdowns, but this defense has played a lot better of late, and we saw how they were able to heat up that offense from from the Los Angeles Rams last week. Matt Stafford really held those dudes in check. So I see more of the same for that defense that is quietly putting the clamps on opponents. I mean, they only allowed 10 points to the Baltimore Ravens, only allowed 17 points to the L.A. Rams. So this defense is rounded into form, and I just feel like they're going to keep the good vibes rolling against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sorry to Brenton Friends, ESPN 690 in Jacksonville. CeCe's not on the bandwagon like no, I am I think the for Jag- this week. I think the Jags will win. I'm just saying I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have multiple passing touchdowns. Uh, A.J. Brown, Eagles, 88-and-a-half, over-under receiving yards against the Commanders. Over. A.J. Brown has gone over 100 yards receiving in five straight games. A.J. Brown is a monster right now. The only reason we're not talking about A.J. Brown more in the MVP conversation is because Tyreek Hill is going crazy. But A.J. Brown is on pace to break Calvin Johnson's single-season receiving record, too. That's how good A.J. Brown has been this year. Nobody is talking about it. It's been under the radar, but he is having a special, special season. Let's go to Cowboys and Rams. Dak Prescott over under 241.5 passing yards. I'm going to go under for Dak Prescott with that just because I think their formula for success involves them being able to run the football more. That's where they're going to have to start getting some mileage out of their offense, especially against this Rams front. You don't want to be in a situation where Dak is forced to drop back to pass. And of the two areas of that Rams defense, the run defense is probably the shakier of the two. I mean, so they're, I mean, they're a top, top, well, I think they're a top 11 pass defense. So I think you can get more mileage out of the run game. That has to be their focus. A heavy dose of Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdell, uh, Dufon. That's where the Cowboys need to go. All right. Let's do two NBAs before we say goodbye on the Canny or Canty. Dame Lillard tonight, debut for the Bucks, over under 26 and a half. Points. I'm, I'm going to go over on that one. I think Dame is going to go crazy. He's going to have the ball in his hands. I think Giannis is going to defer to him to make him more comfortable. We've seen stars do that when they have other stars join them. I think tonight is going to be the Dame Lillard show. And over under Joel Embiid, 28 and a half points. I'm going to go over just because I don't think that it's a situation where J- uh, uh, Joel is going to let James Harden be the headline around the 76ers. I think Joe, JoJo has a big night tonight to put the bed all of the James Harden chatter, even if it's only for a little bit. It's going to be about what the Sixers are doing on the court. And if JoJo goes for 40 points, guess what? That's what we'll be talking about tomorrow more so than James Harden. All right, coming up, Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas, three-time NBA All-Star, scheduled to join us next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills 
and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He's a three-time NBA All-Star, and he's got his show, Gil's Arena, hosted by Gilbert Arenas, Josiah Johnson, who's hysterical on Twitter especially, um, and on the show, Monday through Thursday, Underdog Content Network, Gilbert Arenas joins us here on Unsportsmanlike. Gil, we've been talking today about Wembenyama and what success looks like for him in his career. If we told you he played 10 years, won a championship, and won an MVP. Would you deem that career for Wembenyama successful? For me, um, making it to the NBA is successful. Um, that's one. Um, but yes, I mean, you know, why is success measured to someone else's success? Um, you know, we have our own journey. We have our own um, Careers, And I think the problem is we're measuring it up to other people's careers, which is unfair. So, you know, it's like coming into your career already losing a battle of greatness because it's already measured to something that um, doesn't exist anymore. You know, <laughs> you know, trying to catch, you know, Michael Jordan, it's 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 fantasy. So I don't think that um, everyone's career should be measured up to, you know, excellence. Gil, looking at last night's action around the NBA, one game in particular caught my eye, and that was the Knicks and the Celtics. And in the last three and a half minutes, Christos Porzingis, former New York Knicks, scored nine points on a 13-3 run that the Celtics used to, to, to secure the win. What did you see from him in that game, and what have you seen overall in terms of the moves that the Celtics have made in changing their, their prospects, their ceilings, and their, their attempt to try to win a championship? I, you know, he was with Washington Wizards last year, so he played very, very well for them. So when that move was made, I, I thought that this will probably be the best team that they've ever had in the last 10 years because you now have a big, you're not playing that small ball where Jalen Green and all of them, I mean, Jalen Brown is playing a four and a five without Horford, which puts him back into his position. So adding that element of someone who can score and play defense is just another level that they didn't have. So um, last night was opening night. Um, a team like this would be full-fledged, you know, probably the end of November, middle of December is when you will see a team like this that's really thriving. Gail, James Harden, he rejoined his teammates for practice on Wednesday, but he's not traveling to Milwaukee for the game tonight or to Toronto to face the Raptors on uh, later this weekend. I, I'm wondering about his teammates in this situation. I know that players want to support one another and getting the contracts that they want, but if you were in that locker room or in that situation in Philly, how would you feel with how this James Harden situation is shaking out? You know, to be honest, um, it's it's something that unless you're there in the moment to understand 
who and what happened, you know, you know, you promised something that didn't happen, which, you know, naturally every human has that feeling of what James Harden has, but as a team, yes, you know, going into the season without your second best player or third best player is really hurtful. Um, you know, but for the most part, I'm pretty sure all of them will understand, you know, from, you know, just us as players. But for as a, as a teammate, I'm pretty sure they're frustrated. Talk with Gilbert Arenas. Gil's Arena, Monday through Thursday, Underdog Content Network here on ESPN Radio and Sportsman. Like, which one would you rather have, Daryl Morey as your GM or James Harden as your star? <laughs> Ooh. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Um, I'm a James Harden fan. Um, when it comes to the approach of the game inside the lines, he's going to be ready, right? Um, you know, we've seen him score 61, workout right after, which has players doing that now. Um, how he prepares, like, when there's no game time, going to clubs and all that stuff, you know, I can't. Uh, um, that would irritate me. But, you know, I had teammates who partied a lot. But, you know, as long as you come to play the game, you know, you're never going to hear my voice. Um, but I'd rather be Maury because, you know, I get to make the decisions on what happens to star players versus being a star player. And, you know, it can be turned off, you know, quickly for you. Gil, speaking of things being turned off quickly, one of the biggest moves in the offseason was the Portland Trailblazers moving Damian Lillard and his career in the Pacific Northwest got abruptly ended. Now, he didn't get his preferred destination, the Miami Heat. He ends up with the Milwaukee Bucks. They're supposed to make their regular season debut tonight. What do you expect this to look like with Dame paired with Giannis this season? Um, I, Magic. To be honest, like, you know, when you're talking about when you're talking about the ideal two positions being taken care of, you know, your guard and your big man, um, that was the pinnacle of of winning. And until Michael Jordan came in, you know, that's what, you know, Shaq and Kobe, a guard inside outside game. And that's what those two have with amazing pieces around it, which is going to make it hard to really like game plan for a starting five like that. Um I don't know why his destination was Miami, but sometimes what you want <laughs> is not what you really want because this is 20 times, 100 times better than if he went to Miami. Wait, I got as a Heat fan, I got to jump yeah. in on that. Why would it be 20 to – I mean, Giannis is the obvious, but my thought process all along, Gilbert, which has not really been stated much, is he probably wanted to win his first with others that are winning their first. I do wonder – that the fact that Giannis has won a title before, if they win a title, he will not be considered the best player on the team. If Miami were to win a title with him, I think that many people, and I love Jimmy Butler, but I think many people would have considered Dame Lillard as the best player on the team. I think that's part of the, the thought process of let me be the best player on a title team. So wouldn't that be a better situation for him? In theory, yes, but in reality, no. Um, the chances of him winning Miami – that that wasn't realistic, right? You have you have two guards trying to do everything, hit shots, get to the foul line, right? The best player on the other team is not in their position, so they can't use their defensive dominancy on on someone like Jokic. So when you're talking about the perfect scenario, you have Giannis, you have defense, you have other shooters. Now, 
in the playoffs, if Dame is averaging 31 and Giannis had to take a back seat, he becomes the best player. Um, there's no difference between a Shaq and a Kobe. Whoever is having the best finals is winning that that um that trophy. And at this point, I don't think Dame cares. I think just having that that ring is what matters. Like being the first, yeah, that was early 20s. We're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, uh, you know, having a championship with the feeling with everybody else, that's the those days are over. At this point, it's let's get a ring, and then from there we can think about option two. Well, Gil, he didn't end up in Miami, and they went on a surprising run last year in the postseason. What are your expectations for the Heat this year? Um, the same thing that they did last year, just without the uh, miracle playoff run. Oh, um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm expecting eighth place at best. Um, let's just be honest. What they did with that team was a miracle. Right. You know, when you look at the roster out of 15 players, I think seven was undrafted, which is technically in NBA terms, probably the worst team put together when it comes to what's on the team. Um, Pat Riley and the Heat culture did an amazing job maximizing the talent that they had. And, you know, it's the Cinderella story. But, you know, the East and the West are both heavy now. So, you know, you lost two players who were part of that um, roster that helped you guys win um, as Heat fans. And without that, I don't really see. I know you get um, Hero back, so that's going to help a little bit. But at the end of the day, in the big picture, I don't see how they make the playoffs. I really personally would be surprised. Uh, Jimmy's great. But, I mean, to, 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 to have him anchor that team again like he did, it's, I don't see it. Talk with Gilbert Arenas, Gil's Arena, as part of the Underdog Content Network about a team that has been to the finals two of the last four years, Eastern Conference Finals. Three of the oh, last four wow, years. wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. I, listen, listen, I get it. Like, like when, 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 when 20 years from now, when they make a Cinderella story, I'm going to be the one watching because, trust me, it is a story that has to do with more of the culture that's being built, right? Yeah. Um, have players that aren't Damian Leonard that are not um you, this is without hero that you're you're maximizing players you're getting guys in the shape of stars how Kobe worked out they don't have Kobe's mentality but we're going to give you Kobe's work ethic and you're just going to go out there and play harder than everybody else right when we when we talk about playing harder is 75% better than you know the average they showed that, you know, so, you know, from that standpoint, you can see why they make it. But when they play against a team that plays just as hard, what has talent, that's when you don't have, you know, much of a choice. All right. Let's get to the important outcome. stuff, though. Let's get the important stuff for those watching on ESPNU right now. What's worth more? The memorabilia over one shoulder or whatever is in the fridge over the other shoulder? <laughs> oh, um, I, to be honest, I don't I don't uh, smoke cigars. I just collect them. So I would just take the shoes, you know, because that was <laughs> I, I know, <laughs> that those, something to do with me. Those are your shoes or those are teammates or those are uh, who, whose shoes do you have over your shoulder there? Th- those are my signature shoes from when I played a, you know, Adidas re-released them. The, the uh, Gil Resto Mods um, season one. Nice. So those are all the colors. Uh, last one for me. Is there a player in the NBA, because CeCe over here is a Lakers fan, that frustrates you more than Anthony Davis frustrates him? 
I'm pretty sure um, <laughs> as a basketball fan, when you look at a just one individual, I'm pretty sure if your best player or the player that you think needs to take that step, play that Anthony Davis, I think all of us would agree that his play frustrates everyone. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, man, you, you're so great. You're, you're so great. You're so dominant. Why can't you bring it every night? That that's what separates a superstar from a great. That out of 82 games, they're going to bring it at least 76 to 72 games. You know that star player is going out there playing like this is his last game. And the fact that we get these first half games, no no, no show in the second half, no show in the first half. We're going to see you in the second half. We're going to see you on Monday. You won't be able to play very well on Tuesday. That's just a frustrating, you know, that's just a frustrating thing. Like, like we've seen what greatness does, and we see, like, how they play each and every night. And the fact that he doesn't just really, like, Come on. Gil, outside of the heat stuff, awesome job. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gil. Appreciate it. Of course. Uh, Thank you for having me. Thank you. Gil's Arena, Monday through Thursday, as part of the Underdog Content Network with Josiah Johnson there. Uh, Just so we're clear about one thing, D'Angelo Russell frustrates me more than Anthony Davis. So we're clear. D'Angelo Russell frustrates me way more than Anthony Davis. What world are we living in where D'Angelo Russell should be playing more minutes than LeBron James? He Fair. played seven more minutes than LeBron. It's it's maddening. Well, then Darvin Ham should frustrate you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, well, listen, well, in year one, he got us to the conference finals. No, I I'll think take he's that. Excellent. Yeah, he's an outstanding coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But D'Angelo Russell... Point guard, not so much. So we're one game in. CeCe's frustrated by one guy entirely in one guy's second half. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to have a players meeting like the Bulls had last no, night. After, no, 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 we're good. We're, no, 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 no. Coming up, the most unsportsmanlike moment of the day next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. 
This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. Weight limits on bags at airports make no sense to me. I also I think it's discriminating against people who have great fashion sense. We need accessories. I need the shoes. I need the bags. Okay, Evan can yeah, throw a hoodie same. and a jacket and a carry-on. I don't have good, good fashion go. sense. I'm just saying you Come don't need now. as many things as I do on a trip. Yeah, but my stuff's bigger. Hey, phrasing. I see. Wow. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. All right, we have a few things here for unsportsmanlike moments of the day. All right, each and every day at this time, alone, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you, we give our unsportsmanlike moment of the day, which is something that is either funny, weird, quirky, or that went wrong, like the clip you just heard, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, candidate one. Last night was the first full night of the NBA season. The Chicago Bulls played. They lost by 20 points the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder. <laughs> After that, they had a players-only meeting on night one of the NBA season. I mean, that has to be a candidate for unsportsmanlike moment of the day, right? I just don't understand why why you need to talk and have a players-only meeting after the first game. Didn't you have all the training camp, all the offseason work that stuff out? Like, what, what, what are we talking about? It's one game. Are you that alarmed off of what you saw from one game where you need a players-only meeting? And if so, why didn't you get that taken care of in training camp or the preseason? No idea. I, I have no – like, what are we doing? What is happening right now? I mean, that's essentially the team waving the white flag. I get it. Everybody said, no, they're having a players-only meeting because they care. No, they ain't. They're having a player-only meeting to air whatever grievances they have with the other guys in the locker room because they don't want to be blamed for how bad it's going to get. That's what's happening right now, Smalls. That's what happens in player-only meetings. That's why they never work. Exactly. It's called CYA. And people think that's just for corporate America. No, it ain't. It happens in professional sports, too. And that's what's happening with the Chicago Bulls. But after game one? After game one. (laughs) How does that get out? Seriously, like, how do you even allow Because somebody wants it out. What did I just tell you the purpose of it was? I know. If the purpose of it is CYA, then it has to get out. Yeah, somebody's trying to CYA. Yeah, exactly. Hey, dog, what's happening here? It ain't on me. Now, we don't know who it is. We don't know if it's Billy Donovan. We don't know if it's one of the team leaders, one of the players. We don't know who it is. But what we know is there are guys in that locker room that have problems with the other guys in the locker room, and that's why they haven't had meeting. Okay, so that's that's one candidate. All yeah. Right? The next one. So Arthur Smith's the head coach of the Falcons. Uh, CeCe, you've said you're not big on Arthur Smith. Having no, nothing- terrible mustache. I was doing the setup, but you just did it for no, me. Terrible Having mustache. nothing to do with offense or defense or anything like that, just simply based on the mustache. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Now, here's the thing that we have this week. So Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, is getting ready for his game coming up this weekend. And the Atlanta Falcons um, are going to – or wait, is it this week? Let me just make sure I have this right here in terms of the games that they are playing. Um, I thought – yeah, they're playing the Titans. I'm sorry. Um, Sunday in Tennessee. Arthur Smith is a former offensive coordinator of the Titans underneath Mike Vrabel. Well, listen to what they may do post game. That maybe post game. After Raven, I do the vest swap. Um, Are you really going to do a vest swap? No. <laughs> <laughs> you keep mentioning it. I got to ask. Oh, here's the do. Why don't you ask Mike? Are they talking tomorrow? Oh, ask Mike. Open the open the, his pressure with that. Can't wait to hear his answer. I'll just say, yeah, say I heard you uh, DM'd Coach on your social media platform, on whatever, TikTok or whatever. 
That's what me and James communicated. We communicated on TikTok, so he reached out. Ask him that. I, I can't wait. Now you got to do it. <laughs> Again, I don't have to do right. Rules there. Got a, got a mandate. Am I going to get fined if I don't do a vest swap? Or a guy doesn't do a jersey swap? Where are we at now? Maybe that's where we're at in society. But going back to that, D-Lad, um, that, maybe post-game. Okay. I so break when I do Here's the thing. Players do the jersey swap, which yes. I'm shocked has not been a Pat Costello, I'm over it, the jersey swap. Yeah. Because it has gotten out of hand at times with some mm-hmm. of the jersey swaps. But the head coach vest swap. I'm actually in on that. I think that would be funny. I think it's funny as hell that I'm he did really that. Really I, I think it's funny. And you know what? You can crack jokes like that when you're first pacing your division going into week eight. You can crack jokes like that when you just beat the division leader of the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road. You can make those kind of jokes even with the ridiculous mustache when your team has a winning record. So shout out to Arthur Smith for taking advantage of the opportunity to do that. Because guess what? I don't think it's going to last long. Wait, why don't you like jersey swaps? Because they're like out of control. Because like you'll like you'll see like the whoa, ran- look at the out of control. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, you're you, please. You'll see like the random guy, like the fifteenth guy on the Toronto Raptors. will go up to Steph. Hey, you want to do a jersey swap? No, I don't want to do a jersey. If you swap. want my jersey, just go ask. Buy it. No, no, I would just say just ask. But I, I'm not. I don't want your jersey. I'm good. Yeah, like, but it's, it's almost disrespectful if you do that though. If you're Steph or if you're a star player and you do that to another guy, it's almost disrespectful. But it happened with Brady the last couple of years. All these guys are doing a jersey swap. I was like, no, I don't want to do a jersey swap. It's Tom yeah, Brady. but you, you almost have to do it. That's even, my point. You're even, guilty yeah. of doing it. But even if you don't want it, it's like I'll take the jersey and then I'll just tell the equipment manager, hey, raffle this off or give it to your kid or something. I don't want the jersey. I ain't taking it home, even though I might take the jersey because it would deem being disrespectful otherwise. What's one that you did take, though? Uh, the Brickashaw Ferguson, but that is different. He was left tackle, Pro Bowl player for the New York Jets for over a decade. Virginia, but the right? reason why I did it is because we were teammates at Virginia, and beyond that, I was actually his recruiting host oh, when he cool. was a high school student and he came to visit. Yeah. That's amazing. When he was a 240-pound prep prospect out of Freeport, Long Island. Ray, Ray Allen and uh, He Got Game had different hosts. I guess the Virginia went with you for uh, the Brickashaw. Interesting. Um, now- Sim- similar style, though. Similar recruiting <laughs> okay, style. Similar okay. style. <laughs> now, Guys, I love the vest swap. <laughs> I'm trying to deviate from this. You know what else I want to see coaches do? The visor swap. That's good. I want the visor That's swap. Good. The visor swap. The yes, visor I'm, devi- swap? I'm deviating from the recruiting. Yeah. The visor swap. But don't you think that would be amazing just to see them take it off at the end? Can what if, you what imagine if, these two with the vest? So that would be hilarious. Amazing. Now they have to do it. Have and, to do and Vrabel. Vrabel's saying we for another team, so he doesn't care. Yeah, they're coming point. off a win. Could a you big imagine win the Bill Bills. Belichick with the hoodie swap? Oh, I would the hoodie, try to get that. The hoodie swap. I'd, I'd be in on the hoodie swap. I would, I would be in on that, that too. Swap. Can you imagine how he would react if yeah. a coach said, hey, coach, I was hoping yeah. to uh, trade hoodies? Yeah, trade hoodies. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Trade hoodies. Yeah. I'm just trying to get better in all three phases. and I just No, he just swapped, he swapped hoodies, and on the inside of his hoodie had the plays for the entire other team. That Ooh, would be great, it right? falls out of the pocket. Like, exactly, he's got, oh, he's got yeah, a hidden yeah. pocket yeah. inside the hoodie that has their the team's plays in it. That's there right. you go. He's like, I have a bad tat. I can't yeah, take it exactly, off. Exactly. <laughs> Arthur Smith is on to something. Done with the jersey swaps, but in on the vest and Smalls' idea of the visor swaps. Yeah. That's what we need in sports. Absolutely. And by the way, you guys have to pay for the replacement jerseys, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Those things aren't free. Yeah, so they have to replace them. Um, We are on to Friday on this show, but we're also coming up next. Should we do a microphone swap? 
Yeah, next. There we go. Unsportsmanlike. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.